Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers. And we are drinking Mando Mango. I just said Mando Dragon Mando Mango Dragon Fruit. Oh my god, I did... So I just grabbed this on like a lark. Like I was looking and I was like, do I really want the pink drink? No. No. Do I really want the, I didn't really like the pineapple refresher. I was like, I'll get this mango dragon fruit one. And I didn't realize mango dragon fruit. Mango de, mango. Mango DeLorean. It's a thematically appropriate drink. It's the mango DeLorean Mango, mango dragon. I'm going to start calling the show the mango dragon fruit now. There you go. Um, Well, today's a little different because we don't have an episode to talk about today. Yes, thank God. We're done. (laughs) We're done. This is this marks the official ending of our episode by episode recap for season one for the Mandalorian. So we're we're gonna look back on it today and do a full season retrospective and then we're gonna move on to something else. Are you shocked that we actually finished something? Like even if we never made another episode after today, we actually finished something. That is that is pretty (laughs) impressive. That is pretty cool and and genuinely it is it is awesome to look mm-hmm. back at it and be like, we made it through That's all right. of these episodes. And and it, it gives me the, the more confidence that, oh, we'll be able to, you know, cover more seasons and do more stuff. Right. I mean, like, I never finish anything. So this is a pretty great, like, you know, just a little check mark off my bucket list of like being able to say I actually did follow through. With I, com- I completed a story arc. Right. And it was cool. It was cool. You know, shout out to Clayton and Kyle and Aaron for coming on the show. It was it was awesome to have guests. So it wasn't just the two of us. Right. Talking the entire time. Nobody wants to listen to just us, obviously. No, God, no. <laughs> no one wants to listen to our annoying gay voices. Until we inevitably can't use anybody for the, the next season of show we do. <laughs> because... Yes. Because it's it's, it's so, gonna be too complicated. Yeah, we'll we'll see where that's gonna go. You and I know have been having some discussions about it. I know tentatively we're not planning to have any guests for Bad Batch, right? Just because it does have to have such a high turnaround time. But mm-hmm. I am excited for the challenge as well. Yeah, I you know I was thinking about it the other day and how you know what we're gonna have to do. I mean, it's literally like it's gonna premiere on Thursday. We're gonna listen to it on Saturday. I'm gonna have to edit it on Sunday. It's gonna be going live on Monday. It's like, and then not even a couple days later is another episode. So it's really really cool. <laughs> it's almost like we're like real producers. I know it's so a strange thing that like you have to keep up on mm-hmm. no it's it's been a fun experience uh, i have made less long facebook posts because i can just say things on this show now see you can do your rants about you know stormtroopers being able to shoot stuff on this podcast instead of you know making a whole entire facebook post about it exactly now when i have a thought like that <laughs> i just jot it down in my notes i have a i have a, the notes app on my phone i take a like notes of anything that I think of throughout the week. It's like, oh, I better be sure to bring this up. Yep. I gotta 
Got to make sure that gets in the show. Save it for the podcast. Is the Save new... it for the podcast. That's our new thing. Like now, whenever we're, because normally we used to do this where we would just, I, if I would think of something, I would go, oh, I'm just going to send it to Charles on Instagram. And then now I'm like, no, save it for the podcast. We can save it for the show. Talk, save it for the show. We'll talk about it in the beginning, especially like when with that Obi-Wan Kenobi casting, I was like, nope, save it for the show. <laughs> save it. Speaking of, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, like there's a photo of him that's come out and like he's got the Star Wars mullet again, like from Attack of the Clones. Did you, have you ever heard of the Star Wars mullet? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I thought, I didn't know it was referred to as the Star Wars mullet, but I, I'm assuming we're talking about like Hayden Christensen's like hair or something. Mop right? in, yeah, yeah, so he had it in Revenge of the Sith and Obi-Wan had it in Attack of the Clones. And- gotcha. Uh, Qui-Gon, to an extent, had it in, although his hair was longer. That's true. He was more hippie than he was mullet. He really was. He was a space hippie. Like, that was his whole thing. That was his whole thing, because he was like, hey, guys, the Force is not just the Force. It's little fucking bugs that crawl in your ear, and it controls everything. Yeah, man, that's the Force. That was Qui-Gon. Somewhere out there, as you described the midichlorians that way, like, (laughs) I just felt a thousand, thousand prequel lovers, like, clutching their hearts. Cry out. The description of midichlorians is tiny little bugs that control you from inside your ear i love it that's like the conspiracy theory version of the midichlorians well i actually what's so funny is people are so easy to dismiss the the, that stuff from the prequels i'm like guys don't take it so literally think of it as yes qui-gon was like just like a weird subsect of the religion who was like no it's probably more like this because this is a scientific explanation for how the force works instead of just no the force is just the force like my my impression of the midichlorians and i could be misreading it but my impression was always not that midichlorians cause the force but that midichlorians are indicative of the presence of the force strong in someone so it's not that they cause it it's that they can be used as they're like a symbiote that can be used as like a gauge to gauge how much force somebody might have and i thought it spoke to the jedi in this particular era Mm -hmm. losing their way and being more scientific and less spiritual right than earlier iterations of them which we're now seeing with the high republic earlier iterations of them are more in connection with this force as a spiritual entity so i never hated it as much right but it is really dumb though Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's dumb, but I think now- But like, we welcome have, to Star Wars. It's right, all exactly. Dumb. I think people don't understand how like dumb Star Wars is to begin with. So I, I think if you're if you're complaining about little bugs that control like psychic powers, I think you have your priorities uh, in the wrong place. <laughs> little bugs that control psychic powers. Hang on, I'm going to write this down. Write this down. <laughs> this, might this... Be, this might be a pitch for something at some point. Well, I don't want to talk about the midichlorians too long because we'll start losing people. So <laughs> let's go to the Mandalorian. Yes, let's let's get to a show that does not mention midichlorians at all. <laughs> right. it, it only mentions a, a bunch of other stuff. Right. 
it actually does mention a couple prequel things which it yes. does have you know so that is kind of interesting that uh we kind of go from the prequel here let's let's jump off the prequel boat to back to our conversation of the separatists uh, you know in all the flashbacks mando has what do you how do you feel about how they did the flashbacks throughout the season for mando uh, to explain his like kind of origins as a writer, I don't like flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I I will only use them if there's no other choice. And here, I felt that there really was no better way to show rather than tell. Right. His perception of the droids is terrifying because the point of those flashbacks wasn't really to say, here's where he came from. It's why does he see the droids this way? Right. And... And later then, on at yeah. the end, we see why does he see the Mandalorians this way? Right. Well, and they only used it twice. So it wasn't like three times. Three times. Three times. They used it. Okay. Well, they didn't uh, overuse one, three it. Three and point. eight. Yeah, it's it's barely in there. Right. It's it's only a, a little bit. I compare it to say like shows like Lost, where that was their whole formula for the show was to do half flashbacks, half present time, you know, to kind of move the plot forward. Or you have How to Get Away with Murder, where half the show is flash forwards. Yeah, I don't like shows that do that, because then you're then you're just really just messing with people's heads. How to Get Away with Murder is so good. How to Get Away with Separatist Army attacking <laughs> a village and the Mandos just saving them for no reason. Throwing that out there for, <laughs> for, like, out into the ether. It's a good show. You should watch it. But, yeah, playing around with time like that Mm. they made use of it you know they made good use of it in the show and not to jump ahead but we don't get flashbacks in season two which is that is we do oh we we do do actually we get one in episode one of season two when a character is telling the story of how he acquired a certain item okay well then we'll talk about it during that but i was just Oh, we will talk about that scene. Believe me, I have some thoughts about it. But I was just thinking that, like, we don't get Mandalorian flashbacks, though, right? Correct, correct. We don't get young Mando. No. Which is interesting. that was only for this season. They they kind of just abandoned that whole Well, they they said what they needed to say. Well, yeah, I thought we would get more, like, young adult Mando. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of already been inundated into the cult. So he's wearing the helmet, but he's a young, young adult. He's a teenager. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see like maybe a few flashbacks explaining a little bit more. Just because like with the prisoner episode that we got uh, in episode six, where they kind of talk about the fact that Mando used to run these jobs, you know, with this crew or some of the people in the crew, at least. And I always imagined him being like this, you know, like, hot-headed teenager but he also happened to be a mandalorian and so they thought he was cool and then he was really just you know this kid who was just wearing a mandalorian helmet who was just breaking the rules like i don't know i thought it'd be fun to see stuff like that like maybe we'll see that like to to agree in like another project or Mm. god i know you would hate this but maybe they'll do like a prequel novel or a comic or something it seems like it'd be a good fit for comic serialized storytelling as much as i don't like having to seek outside information to get the story i i agree that yes it 
could be a good comic series at least having young mando like comics or something you know i don't know what you call sorry, it you but... have to read right i know well at I'm least with sorry. comics there's pictures so you know i can kind that's of true. That. Um, that's true but i i do like kind of i do like the use of flashbacks but i like how they kind of limited it to just being for the important three episodes that we needed it for and plus i always i, I love an excuse to see anything prequel in live yes. action again because seeing those battle droids was so cool and i love seeing that i i don't know i love prequel stuff i wish they would do more i hope they do more uh maybe in season two we'll see some stuff who knows maybe yeah and i i found when it comes to like kids growing up on star wars that they always really love whichever era they grew up with that was coming out at the time yeah so give it like another 10 years and we're going to be getting think pieces on how the sequel trilogy was amazing actually and every negative thing said about it was wrong because the critics didn't understand it the way we get these think pieces now about the prequels because people like me who were in their late preteens early teens when they were coming out now have grown up to write for like the geek sites and all that but not me because they won't hire me to do it right yeah i was just thinking about that like people who hate like the last jedi or whatever are going to be the same you know it's going to be called like you know how they have the prequel apologist now it's going to be like the disney era the sequel apologist yeah it's so funny how all these kids are going to grow up in a couple years and be like we need more ray in our star wars content we need more finn we need more poe like (laughs) you know that's you know that's probably why they backed off a little bit because they're playing the long game here i honestly think they are it's that all the kids are gonna that's why you're like Mm -hmm. we're not gonna do anything with ray yep not going to do anything with the others we're not going to do anything post rise of skywalker you just know it's because they're giving those kids a chance to like grow up a little bit absolutely and become adults with disposable income you know now that i think about that the next like trilogy won't happen for another 10 years (laughs) and it'll be adult ray and baby yoda and that'll be the the next God, please. The next series. And it'll please. be Baby Grogu, Master Grogu. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't know what name you're referring to. Oh, I've that's right. I've never sorry. heard that word before. Master the Child. <laughs> because you're right. We don't know his name yet. Sorry. Um, yeah, no. I, I Actually, I do. I am curious. Like, okay. Assuming we've never seen season two. What did you think after the uh, after everything we saw in the season one? What did you think, where do you think the story is going to go now? What, what, from what clues do you think that they gave us? Where do you think the story is going? So what really surprised me, I'm going to describe what I thought was going to happen. Right. I thought the rest of the show was going to be about Mando and the child traveling around the galaxy, trying to find the Jedi. Right. That was going to be the whole rest of the show that exactly. they were just going to go from season to season. They were going to go from part of the galaxy to part of the galaxy and try to track down the Jedi. And that was going to be just the rest of the show. I and mean, without going into too many spoilers, a lot of the things I thought, and one big thing in particular, I thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought was going to be like the series finale was the season two finale. Like that was my initial thought watching the end of season one where did you where did you think it was gonna go so based on just like the last episode really i mean you know the 
the armorer said, hey, you have to find the Jedi. And if you can't find the Jedi, then you have to raise him as a foundling. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, the whole next season is them going to, you know, trying to find the Jedi, you know, but they can't by the end of the season. And he realizes, oh, I'm his family now. Like the whole second. So the first season was supposed to be Mando discovering the fact that he was, you know, not as hardcore as he thought he was like you know he's actually a caring person and then the second season is mando realizing that he doesn't need to find grogu's family because i mean sorry the child's family because he is the child's family right that was his realization by the end of the second season was that we don't need to find the jedi because you are my family that's what i thought they were going to do so the whole season they were going to be looking for the jedi they couldn't they maybe find like old temples or something and maybe we could get like fun little like easter eggs but other than that he was never going to find the jedi there was no Jedi. you know what i mean like they was never going to find him and then he was going to realize oh i have my family i don't need to bring the baby anywhere and the second season very much did not do that <laughs> and not at all they completely did not do not that in the all. slightest not that we yeah. know anything about what happened in the second season. No. But yeah, no, I, I definitely did not think that that's how they were going to go with the second season. I thought they were just going to make it really simple. And then it was just going to be kind of more like one-off adventures throughout the second season. And that was pretty much all it was going to be. Um, go to like just serial because I didn't really think they were going to go with this overarching approach, which I guess they did. I don't know. Like I didn't anticipate that this was going to be like the next big era project like when they announced all the different shows i went oh that's what this was building up to but i didn't anticipate that they were going to be like okay we're going to do four different shows and they're going to culminate together and like i don't know the avengers or something yeah i was getting a sense that like each of these shows was supposed to be like a limited run right So like with The Mandalorian, it was only supposed to really be the first season and maybe a second season. But I thought maybe they were just going to do a limited series on all of them just to kind of be like, look, we're just trying to tell these one little simple one-off stories. They're fun. And, you know, they do this thing. Ahsoka, isn't Ahsoka a limited series? I think moving forward, all of them are limited at this point. I don't know if they have decided if some of the other ones are long-term but then again i don't know if they thought mando was going to be long-term in the beginning i think they thought no this is only going to be a one like kind of two season thing and then now they're like oh shit this is our most popular franchise uh, (laughs) right now right we gotta keep going with it so i hope they don't go too far with it um because just like any other show if you go past five seasons you know you're risking quality content to go downhill quickly so with the uh, notable exception of the Clone Wars. And notable exception of Supernatural season 18 or whatever the fuck they're on now. I'm just there, kidding. I'm just there kidding. there this... is no Supernatural after season five, Bradley. <laughs> we have been through this. It was a very nice show that ended when I was in high school. Right. No, but my point is, I hope that Mandalorian does not go on past, uh, hopefully, three seasons. I mean, I really don't want it to go too far. Uh, they won't invest like they won't invest the money in it if it's not like with with these big budget things it feels like they they do what they need to do to tell the story and they Mm -hmm. don't really drag it out like network shows that get dragged out get dragged out 
basically because they're cheap to produce the episodes right bang out the scripts i'm uh i'm not gonna drag law and order too much except i am uh (laughs) this is why law and order is a thing because it can be hacked out by any idiot with a typewriter and uh can shove a rejected cop pilot script right at them and they could film it for pennies and at their local sets and then just be done with it and put an episode on tv and make bank off the advertisement with star wars and and the marvel stuff as well it really feels like they're not going to overstay their welcome with some of these stories like mando season one moved super fast mm-hmm. season two moved super fast yeah they're- it did but i think it's because it was also you know, it's only, you know, 10 episodes a season, which is great because I don't think shows should really go past eight or 10 because you really have to like consolidate your story. Uh, I mean, cause if you're trying to tell your story over 20 episodes, you're, you're fucking up. Like there's, that's too many. You know? Yeah. I remember people, you know, WandaVision just finished airing a couple of weeks ago. And I remember people saying, Oh, why didn't they do like, why didn't they do a whole season set in the I Love Lucy? Or why didn't they do a whole season set in the the different sitcoms? And I'm like, because it made its point and got out. And Star Wars has the, the storytelling is the same way. Right. With the the shows that they're doing. It makes its point, it gets out. At least the live action stuff. Right. And I actually, so now how do you feel about this show being both a serial show and a just you know standard episodic episodic would you prefer one over the other like if they would just stick to one you know i it's tricky because you do want to have the overarching story but at the same time it's kind of sound of the fun of star wars is jetting around to these different planets right and having different adventures on them so i kind of dug some of my favorite episodes were the episodes where they took a break from the main mm-hmm. story in I season agree. two i liked the we'll get into this in season two but i liked the road trip yeah well, I, I was gonna say if you just stick to season one stuff i mean i i love when they do just the one-off like the I, like i said the prisoner episode is one of my favorite episodes and that's just a random you know detour episode essentially i mean there's nothing that affects the plot really like you know overall um it's just a stop on their way back home essentially and that's one of the best episodes and i love that but i just I kind of wish that the show would do like maybe just stick to those and then maybe have the stuff going on in the background that we're not really seeing too closely. Yeah. Part of my, cause episode season, well, season one felt a little bit more episodic where you had one and three. Right. And seven and eight that were more the plot heavy ones. And the rest of them are all, kind you of could off. show somebody that episode exactly independently of everything else and be like this is what's in this show part of the issue i had with season two Mm -hmm. and again we'll get into this is that the first half of it is episodic and they go through these adventures and then they hit a moment where they do an episode where they meet a person and after that point it just becomes a straight up serial yeah that i felt was a little bit weaker because they had all their episodic stuff crammed into the beginning of the season. And then in the back half of it was like, 
basically a, yeah. a four episode movie. Yeah. Kind of. I definitely think this first season was really strong. They do a good job of taking a break when they need to take a break from the story, not to fatigue its audience. You know, we don't want to be super inundated with obviously, you know, the same mundane, you know, kind of thing every single episode. So I do like that they did do that. Um, Especially like with the Jawa episode, like, you know, it was just a fun little like, Again, I'm going to just keep, keep saying detour because of the, you know, Star Wars detour show that never happened. But like, you know, the detours, everybody wants to see the detours. <laughs> yes, everyone does want to see the detours, Lucasfilm. Right. If you're listening, which I know you're not. <laughs> but if you are, we all want to see detours. It doesn't even have to be good. We just want to see it. Actually, we want also, to see the baby. You know, what's so funny is now that we bring up detours real quick, uh, I think the show actually would not be good, but like in a fun way, not a, like it would be terrible in a good way, if that makes if sense. If I didn't like watching fucking trash, I wouldn't be a Star Wars fan. Right. I Well, I think it would be, I mean, exactly what, I mean, exactly, look who made it. It would be Robot Chicken, but just Star Wars, which is one of the, some of their best episodes are their Star Wars episodes. Star Wars parodies are hilarious. Exactly. Like, of coming out during like the prequel era like during attack of the clones where it was like lampooning itself it's so funny it's yeah. so good and i'm sad that like we aren't gonna be able to get any kind of parodies of the mandalorian because i don't i mean unless family guy randomly decides to start doing you know mandalorian jokes but i don't I mean, really might is family guy family guy's still running isn't it yeah is that still that is still going? Yeah, that's still going. Simpsons is still going. Ugh. They're still going. Still going after being canceled like twice. They're still going. The last fi- <laughs> the last time I ever watched Family Guy was whatever their Empire Strikes Back one was playing at a bar in downtown Atlanta in 2016 and I remember mm. watching that. Yeah. And enjoying that and that was the last time I I watched Family Guy. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I I would love to see kind of them try to take on, you know, because I mean, think about it. It's already built in. You have Stewie be fucking the baby, the child. It works. It's already there. And then you have Brian be the Mandalorian. It's done. Like, or, whole thing. Or better, have the Simpsons do it instead. How would that be better? Because then you could have Maggie be Baby Yoda. <laughs> I know, but wouldn't Stewie be Baby Yoda be funnier? Like, just because he's just so ridiculous. And he would talk and then nobody would hear him, you know, except for Brian. And it would be like, I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like is, is Family Guy funny? <laughs> I, I don't think it's actually funny, funny. I just think that I like when they do their parodies because I think that is, I do like the jokes. Because if you can get the jokes, like if I understand them, then I find it like clever funny, not like haha funny. I mean, Disney owns it all now. That's true. They do. Disney so owns all of it. They can do whatever they want with it. That's right. They can have their own little Star Wars TV show uh, parody now. They run a whole channel of just nothing but Star Wars parodies. Exactly. All the time. I do have to ask you. Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and be the one to do this. I know it's normally you. But I'm going to jump in and be the one to do. I'm going to put you on the spot. What is, overall of the entire season, what is one thing you liked and one thing you disliked about season one of The Mandalorian overall? Oh, gosh. Um, 
this is hard because, you know, now I got to think about the whole thing as a whole. Um, I think one of the best things that season one gave us, which hopefully, like, we don't know, wink, wink, will continue, um, is Space Amy Sedaris. I feel like uh, she just brought so much joy to my face when I saw her on the show. I just, I don't know. I hope she comes back, wink. Um, She understands the assignment. She understands the assignment and she's having fun. I love when somebody like guest stars on a show and you can tell that they're just having fun with what they're given. They, they're not taking it like so seriously. Like they're just going, oh, I'm just here having a good time. And that's what Amy Sedaris did with Star Wars. She was like, I'm just going to do this ridiculous character and I'm just going to make it my own. And just the timing and everything she did was great. I love it. Like- Laura Dern making pew pew blaster noises. Right. So much that it's actually in the movie. Yes. You um, can see her do it. What about one thing you, you disliked about the first season? Um, honestly, my only dislike was we didn't get enough uh, Gideon. I felt like he was kind of shoehorned in at the end and I wanted more of him. And like I said last episode, I felt like maybe not in the same sense of like doing a Marvel end credit scene, but I felt like we should have gotten some more to keep it cohesive, to keep the season kind of like building up to something. We should have shown him at the end of every episode, kind of one step closer to finding the baby, one step closer, like with some more information about the Mandalorian that we didn't really know or that he knew, you know, kind of thing. So I felt like we just needed more Gideon. That's never a bad thing, but more Gideon. I definitely agree. I'm going to piggyback off that. I'm going to do my dislike and like in reverse order. Do it. I'm going to say the thing that I dislike piggybacking off, not a lot of Gideon. One thing I disliked was worry watching the first season as a whole. It didn't feel like there was a strong antagonist. Right. To it. I agree. That it was kind of the empire and kind of the bounty hunters guild and they, they didn't really, I feel like, hit the Bounty Hunters Guild enough. Right. Because they could have done exactly the same thing with the Bounty Hunters chasing them around the galaxy. But because the Bounty Hunters Guild itself wasn't established, and in fact was established as being kind of bad and full of idiots. Yeah. It never really felt like Mando was contending with anyone. Like he didn't have anyone to just like directly... To, to threaten him yeah and, and i think part of that too is obviously on the fault of it being more you know episodic or not episodic i'm sorry more of a um serial kind of situation where it was like every episode's a different you know kind of situation which is fine but there you like you said there is no like strong strong antagonist until the very end and he's barely in it so even even Gideon in season two you know they do basically he shows up Mm -hmm. he shows up a bunch the empire is clearly there and clearly the antagonists of the season with with season one it felt like it was more it bounced back and forth between the empire and the bounty hunters guild and neither of them felt strong enough Mm to really feel like they were more than just a minor inconvenience all the way up until the end. Right. Um, what was the one thing you liked though? About- so the thing that I liked and I really came to appreciate it on the second viewing 
was there's two things that I loved in equal measure and I want to mention both of them. Okay. The first is the love and care that was put into the production design. Okay. Watching it this time in such detail, you noted, I noted the times that the baby Yoda puppet was super impressive. I noted the times that there were little things like the TIE fighter cover, the TIE fighter window paint, window frame that's in uh, Kuil's workshop in episode seven, the little things that are in there to flesh out this world and make it more coherent. The other thing that I really liked on this rewatch is the developing relationship between Din and the child, how it go, how it grows between episodes one and three, and then continues to grow after that, as he has to kind of learn how to take responsibility for this child that he's become saddled with. That, those are the two things. I like them in equal measure. I wanted to mention them both. Well, that's so sweet that you cared about the puppeteering work. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually agree that I, th- I think they did such a good job. You could tell a lot of care and you, you can tell that the people who made this show, like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, love Star Wars and they want to create it for the fans, but they're also creating it for themselves. You can just tell that like Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau being little kids in you know the 70s, watching the Kenner commercials and then playing with the Kenner's toys and then coming up with these episode ideas as kids. And then trying to make them. Did I send you that thing on Instagram is like live footage of John Favreau and Dave Filoni writing season three of the Mandalorian. It's like two kids playing with like a bunch of Star Wars action figures. Yes, because that's exactly what I mean. It does feel like that's what they did. It feels like they they took that mindset of the kids from the 80s and the 70s, you know, and kind of were like, this is how we used to play Star Wars. And now we're going to turn it into a TV show like it is. And it, you know, it's the same, same kind of thing that I would have come up with as a kid, you know, playing with my Star Wars action figures. It's the kind of story mm-hmm. that I probably would have come up with something very similar to it. Yeah. I, you know, I compare it to like, you know, obviously I was a prequel kid and I had a lot of the prequel toys, but I didn't have a lot of like, I didn't have complete sets of anything. So like I had a little bit here, a little bit there, and I would use things like bionicles and legos and beanie babies to flesh out the rest of the story right so like that for me was very similar into what they're doing i feel like they kind of did the same thing they were like oh well i don't have you know a a leia action figure so i'm gonna use this barbie doll or something you know what i mean like so you kind of go from there and you kind of just make your own stories and i feel like that's what they're doing and i feel like if given the opportunity i feel like you and i or any younger person would do exactly the same thing as like pick their favorite era, you know, and, or the era they grew up with and then try to make something from that era, which is what they kind of did. Definitely. And, and like, it's, it's very clear that at the end of the day, the writers are just having fun writing this thing. Mm-hmm. And they are. Yeah. that comes across in, in what they do. And it comes across in, you know, the amount of care and love that they're putting into I would love to just wake up in the morning and go to work and have that work be making Star Wars films. Yeah, so I agree that to be able for them to go in to do that clearly is something that, that they're very, very invested in. Mm-hmm. I do have to, I do have to ask. Okay. As far as, as another thing that I'm going to turn around on you. So you would ask me occasionally what, 
you felt the episode titles meant in the context of the episode. I'm going to toss that back in your face. Okay. The title of the show is The Mandalorian. In the context of the first season, Bradley, what does it mean to be a ma- the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian is referring to the... Does it? I'm just kidding. Um, no. Uh, I don't know. I think you can kind of go both ways. I mean, I think, I think what they were going with was to show us... I think in the beginning, it was a trick. I think it was to be like, the Mandalorian is about an actual Mandalorian guy, you know, who does stuff, right? That was the whole premise of the show. But I think towards the end, we realize that the Mandalorian, it's not about where you're born, right? It's about kind of who you are as a person. So I think that he is the Mandalorian, the baby is the Mandalorian, the, you know, we are the Mandalorian, everybody's the Mandalorian. I also think that it changes for him too. I think he also in the beginning thought that to be a Mandalorian means can't take off my helmet, must win in combat, must, you know, follow the ways of the creed, blah, 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 blah. This is the way. Right. This is the way was his only kind of way to be a Mandalorian. But I think towards the end, he realizes, no, to be a Mandalorian, you need friends that help you. You need, you know, to care about things. You need to, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, and before he was a loner and kind of towards the end, he was kind of like, oh, I can make my own like creed. I can make my own kind of group. I think he's kind of starting to break down a little bit. He's he's deprogramming to an extent. Uh, yes. You know, the, the, we will discover later on, minor spoilers, but we will discover that the Children of the Watch are a cult and this is what happens sometimes when you're you know deprogramming from being a member of a cult it's a lot of questions about identity and a lot of questions about what it means to be who you are um so you asked me that important question yes but is there not a more philosophical question that we could answer about this show let's see I'm going to go with who we bang. Okay, perfect. Okay, I just want to make sure that we are on the same <laughs> that's what That's what everyone is here for the content. They want to know. They so want to know who we want to fuck. Exactly. So we're, we, we're going to wrap up short yes. episode today. We're going to wrap up our discussion of season one of The Mandalorian with the most ridiculous party game I could pitch at Bradley in the pre-meeting. <laughs> We're going to play a little round of Fuck, Mary Kill for The Mandalorian Season 1. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's start with who we would want to kill from this season. Who Charles. we would want to kill from who this Who would you season. want to kill out of all the... It doesn't have to be... Stick with just, stick, stick with male characters. Okay, since, since we like the male characters, we'll just say... That we'll would be the right only here. criteria for uh, the fuck category. Right. Uh, okay. I'm I'm going to pick it if I just assign somebody to the kill slot. Yeah, who are you gonna kill? I am picking probably Mayfield Mayfeld. Ooh, that's a good one. I wasn't thinking. Oh, you know what's funny is I actually Mayfeld. I was gonna say Berg. <laughs> You're gonna say the, the Berg, De- the Deveronian. You were gonna go with the Deveronian. You want to kill the Deveronian? I want to kill the Deveronian because I don't care about him. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I would pick Mayfeld because... I agree. He's not very, I, like, I don't like him. I don't like him. No no disrespect to the actor. He plays the role oh, no. really well. But in yeah. specifically yeah. in that episode of the the first season. Yeah. Now I'm going with Mayfeld. Okay, so 
out of all the men this season, who would you want to marry? Ooh, that's a just a tricky one. I know this is hard because this is the person now. Th- this is where people get messed up with this game because you have to think the difference between fuck and marry is you don't have to with, fuck who you marry. No, well, yes, but the rules generally with fuck marry kill are with fuck you can only fuck them one time. Ooh. You can never have sex with them again. So that's the rule with fuck. So with Mary, you theoretically could have sex with them as much as you want. So that's mm. what, that's the difference between Mary and fuck. So who would you want to marry? So I'm going to toss a shocker out here. Okay. That I feel like is going to change your life. Okay. Because I'm thinking about this strategically. Okay. I, I am going to pick Grief Cargo. Okay. And the reason being is because, yeah, I mean, he's not the one that I look at and I was like, I want to get down repeatedly the most. But one, he has clearly has money. Okay. Which is, we know as gay men, this is the most important thing. Okay, you're looking at this more as a and sugar two, daddy situation. I see what's happening. He's probably the most, if I had to sit and listen to somebody talk for the yeah. rest of my life, I would prefer they did it in Carl Weathers' voice. I agree. Okay, so you're going more of a daddy route with your answer. Okay, I, I, I am. What about you? Gotcha. Mary, I went. Who are you marrying? Totally shallow. I did not go in that direction at all. Uh, I'm going to marry Dobbin from the Prisoner episode, who was played by Matt Lanter. Um, oh my goodness. He's in it for, first of all, he's in it for five minutes. Right. So I'm going to marry know him. anything about him. Well, I'm going to marry him because I'll tell you why. Because um, Matt Lanter has crazy good abs. Well, aside from the fact that he's gorgeous, uh, here's the, let's just go from the character perspective, right? And assuming he doesn't die, even though he does, but assuming he didn't die, he has a job in the army, um, the government job, obviously. uh, So, you know, he's getting paid well. Um, And, you know, he's on that little prisoner ship all by himself. So that means I can kind of do whatever I want back on my home planet while he's off at sea, basically. So it's like, you know... We, we have an arrangement. so he you, have can a, do... you have an open marriage. Exactly. We have an open marriage because uh, like, he, I know he's uh, going to be away a lot. So <laughs> but he's uh, I'm sure that's... we're gorgeous. So when he comes home, like I feel happy that he's back. Yeah. You know, you got to love that government pension. You got to love that government <laughs> of pension. Of course. And then finally, um, who would you fuck? Now, remember, the rule is you can only have sex with them one time for your whole entire life and never see them again. I, ooh, this is a tricky one. This is really hard. And this is, this may shock you, but it may not. (laughs) The Twi'lek from episode six. Okay. The brother whose name I don't remember. The brother, um, I'll think of it. His name I do not recall because he just seems like crazy Mm. and insane. And I'm sort of into that. I think his name is Quinn. Quinn, yes. I'm going with Quinn okay. because he's insane. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's and crazy. So he's probably crazy. Kind of a sociopath. Right? Yeah, he's probably crazy. Or at the very that. least, like, I'm not going to be paying attention. Like, clearly he is in to go hard. Clearly he is in to go hard. Okay. I'm actually not mad at that answer. I actually agree with you. I think that would be a good... That's just a good one-off. Like, yeah, I just want to fuck this guy. That's a good it. one-off. Like, I... like. Take me home from the bar one time that neither of us is going to even really remember. 
I thought of, like I I'll get thinking. flashes. I'll get flashbacks of it for the rest of my life. And of then course. occasionally I'll be like, that was a good time. I should see if he's on Grinder, and then never bothered to actually look him up. So I thought about this. And I, I thought the obvious answer, I have an obvious answer, but then I have my real answer. Okay. Okay. So I, I didn't want to go with my obvious answer, which was Toro because like, right. you know, whatever, like that wouldn't even be a good fuck. That'd be like a boring fuck. Right. He's cute and all, but like, it would still be boring. You know, the cute ones like that are boring and bad. Right. So here's my, here's my hilarious one. Okay. Okay. And you're going to think this, real is a, this is my real answer. Give and the, real the answer. reason, the reason why I think this person would be good is because they are so they feel like they would be so opposite in bed that they are as a person i'm gonna go with dr pershing because really okay so he's like a nervous kind of like assistant you know kind of type like you know he's working with the empire but he's always like afraid right he is also very pretty like i will give him that he is also very pretty but i feel like he's also really good in bed like really freaky in bed too like he just like that's his place to like kind of let loose and de-stress. Like during the day, he's super stressed out, and then like you know when he gets home, he's like, I need to fucking like get off because I'm so fucking. Stressed. I need I need that release. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So he's my. He's choice. the kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that walks in the door and is like, "Take your pants off. Let's go." Yep. So anyway, that was my choice for uh, fuck Mary Kill. That was a fun little. That was a fun little fun little way. Stupid but on brand for Stupid us. Stupid and on brand. I love Stupid it. Stupid and on brand for us. Yeah, it's a fun way to end the, exactly. the season. Next week, there will not be an episode that is airing. We're mm-hmm. trying to very rarely do this, generally after marathoning shows, but we will be taking a break. Next week, uh, Bradley and I are still going to be working. We're working on some other stuff potentially to do outside of just the show. Uh, and then we will be back the week after with our episode zero for Bad Batch. Bradley, you have not seen the trailers for Bad Batch more than once, I think, right? I've only seen each one of the, the teaser trailer and then the full trailer one time. So I think what we'll do is for our episode zero, we'll just kind of talk about that and just see what happens, you know, and see what we get, what kind of things they're hinting at for the season, what we hope that the season brings us. And yeah. Then we'll launch into the Bad Batch, which we're going to cover as it airs. And after that, I know we're going to do the Vintage Collection at some point. I know we're going to do Mando Season 2 at some point, all leading up to Book of Boba Fett in December. All righty. Well, that's all I have. So uh, please check us out on our social media pages. Uh, Instagram is the Gold Squadron Gaze. It's just Gold Squadron Gaze. I knew that. It was Gold Squadron Gaze. Um, (laughs) He maintains our Instagram. He's the one that does that. And then the Twitter is... At Gold Squad Gaze. Gold Squad Gaze. Okay. I just shared an article on there the other day that was posted by our lovely guest um, for episode seven about the potential real-life inspiration for Grief Karga. So if you head over to our Twitter, you can check that out. Awesome. Well, everyone, until next time. Bye. So so you're supposed to, like, pick three and then assign one. You're the one who wanted to play this game. Yes, that's exactly what you do.